Hey! Hello, I'm Mackenzie Brennan, and this is... Amita Patiar. She's a friend of mine who is studying to be a therapist, yeah. and also has a lovely singing voice, and you can look up her stuff. As a side note, we'll talk about <laughs> that at the end. But, I figured as a law-brained, and apparently, like, maybe gullible in either direction, lady lawyer, I would get somebody who's more therapy-minded, and also maybe goes deeper in the true crime like, study world. Yeah. To process some thoughts that we both have on this new Peacock documentary about Casey Anthony, very Casey Anthony-centric, called Where the Truth Lies. Where the Truth Lies. Do you get it? You, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's funny. Fun. It's, it's funny. It's crazy. It's, it's a doozy. So, this is, obviously, like, we haven't heard a lot directly from Casey Anthony. Mm. So this is, like, the first thing that she's done, kind of her-driven. We won't recap the whole story, but her daughter Kaylee was found dead after being missing for a while. Yeah, I think a month, 30, At 31 least that, days. when she was reported missing. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the issue, is that Casey didn't report her missing for a while. Um, there are certainly other sources to get the facts of the case, but Kaylee, the underlying tragedy of this is that Kaylee is dead. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, the most important thing, I feel like, is regardless of of what yes. what case, what the outcome was. Um, how it happened. How it happened. Who did it. Yeah. The outcome is that this child is dead, um, and I definitely have to be careful of not saying that enough, because in my head it's like, obviously this is a tragedy, um, but it can't be undone, but I can sound a little glib about it, because I that's how I process death no well you know? <laughs> totally i mean it's yeah there's there's and there's so much to it the this the whole the whole case too it's really activating for good reason for a lot of people yeah for it's sure really emotional um children it, are the perfect victims and that can be a very good thing and a very bad thing yeah. i mean you see it in a lot of contexts that people can kind of project onto children anything they want it's it's a little angel who can embody everything that you want none of the negatives they don't have opinions out there that you disagree with yeah. there's no politics like you can project a lot onto a child victim um they're the most vulnerable yes population. exactly except for elderly people but that's not as sexy a cause yeah so <laughs> um yeah so i think that is a big part of why it got so much media attention in 2008 when it happened and mm. that was a very weird and pivotal time it was like the internet is coming out there. There isn't a lot of um, discourse about certain issues that we've gotten better at discussing, but not right. perfect at discussing, like sexual abuse, like criminal justice system issues. Trauma. Trauma. Concept of yep. trauma. Um, Fact-checking, various things. Yeah. Um, and I think regardless, the thing that I keep coming back to, and I know you have your things that you keep coming back to, but what I return to in this case more so after watching the documentary, is that in everybody's version of events, Casey Anthony, the mom of Kaylee, is a fucked up person, but hurt people hurt people. There's no way that if she's lying about sexual assault abuse um, allegations against her dad, or if she's telling the truth about it, a healthy, well-adjusted person doesn't do that. So mm -hmm. in any case, this is a fucked up person who has likely been hurt in some way, likely has not had support processing things, and 
in any version of things, George Anthony, her dad, who takes a lot of heat in this documentary, yeah. and I think I give it more credence than maybe most might, um, he is always, in any version, the person who raised her. He was the unquestionable adult on the day that Casey... Oh, fuck. The day that Kaylee died. <laughs> I know. It's it's Casey and Kaylee. God damn it. Kaylee, Casey. Okay. He, I know. Yeah. I, it's, I've been doing the same thing. And he also is, like, uh, an adult male ex-cop. So, right. There's... He absolutely has really questionable behavior, but um, it's... Also, then, coming back to the mother-daughter, like, that bond. Yeah. And a, a bit of, like, what was... There's just a lot. There's a lot yeah. of to unpack. <laughs> yeah. So, I think some of the things that we wanted to hit before going in more is the idea of, like... And I know you had talked about media being more of a spectator sport in yeah. court cases, especially at that point in time. Right. Um, and... This actually kind of connects to one thing that I felt watching this because I, like many of us, went into it and I was like, what the fuck is oh, this? Oh, yeah. Like, Immediately I was like, what are you, you going to lie about now? Yeah, you're gross. Because I was introduced to it through media in 2008 and then through, like, you know, mostly straight white male crime commentary, right. which is not necessarily going to be the best processing board yeah. to address young mom trauma allegation, you know? Yeah. So, but through the first episode, still felt like that. I was like, girl, you are acting your little heart out and yeah. it is not working. Um, but then it's a three episode thing. I did kind of start thinking, huh, this is interesting. And why didn't I question more that like the criminal justice system and media would side with the ex-cop dad? And not really take sexual assault allegations seriously and not really unpack what happened that day because the dad said one thing happened. And then I felt super gullible because I was like, I, I watched something about Scott Peterson recently, which is a similar era. And I'm like, well, fuck, I think maybe he might not at least deserve the guilty verdict, which is a different thing than like he's yeah. innocent. But I, I think it's hard, too, because now that we're kind of reflecting back on those cases so much has happened yes. since then. And I think people are becoming more aware that, oh wait, the news doesn't mm. have the full rounded. And it's still a spin, even it, if, you know, yeah. it's objective, which makes it even more They difficult. spin it either way. And, you know, you could say the, the Peacock documentary also spun yeah. it. It's her view. Yeah. Yeah. Starting saying this is neutral and then, um, kind of really ending up pro, Casey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the thing about looking back on these cases is we're like, did we see it accurately or were we being like, you know, kind of led fed through yeah, by the media circus and the money making machine that it was. I oh, mean, yeah, Nancy right? Grace oh, my. <laughs> screaming at me through the TV. A vile person, <laughs> regardless of whether she's right or not on any given case, she is not a credible person to be consulting. But she, yeah, certainly she's a loud voice, and a lot of other platforms that were, like, purportedly more objective had a similar take, and I think 
that we as as the audience and certainly media plays into this we want a villain and we want resolution oh yeah so it's great to have a person and law enforcement does this too so that's Mm -hmm. part of the puzzle that like we want to blame somebody and we want to have it all over yeah because it makes us feel safe and resolved and so media wants to give us that yeah and it's hard for us to hold complexity Mm -hmm. um like, hold space for the possibility that there could be a lot of different things going on, that we can't neatly fit people into these different boxes. And that, like, maybe a lot of people fucked up, but nobody, like, did anything Yeah, the same as first-degree murder. Yeah. And it's just, like, a bunch of fucked up people, and this is what happens when you have a fucked up family and a tragedy happens within it. So. Yeah. Tonight at eight. Like, (laughs) that's just not a good sell. So we're going to talk a little bit about, um, I think we're going to walk through Casey, like evidence of Casey's guilt back then, if anything has changed, because certainly comparing her to Kaylee being like this angelic, just like JonBenet Ramsey, she's not just a child victim, she's a beautiful child, she's got the big doe eyes, you know, she's well photographed, Um, and then Casey, um, as many unwell people are she is not an attractive victim if she is a victim of sexual abuse by her dad she is she acts pretty hard she lies a lot she is sullen and mean Mm -hmm. she there's like the partying thing that we'll get to so it's it's hard to process feeling a lot of sympathy for her yeah and i i think all of us, ultimately, if pushed to our best selves, would agree that she probably deserves a little bit more sympathy, just given who she is, than our instinct might first have been. Because she is a sick-in-the-head person. Yeah, and I think that's just a challenge, then, for the way that we treat yes. anyone. Yeah. It is, it's very hard to have any sympathy for, for people who have committed horrible, horrible crimes. Yeah. I mean, we were just talking about, like, serial killers on one end of the spectrum. They're never from, like, a super well-adjusted family where they had access to everything and all the support you'd want. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it it is hard because there's, I feel like, a worry that by showing some sort of empathy, sympathy, that that means you're allowing, like, like their crime. You're saying, you're condoning, yeah. Um, and that's not at all. Yes. <laughs> doesn't have, those can exist at the same time. You can still admonish something for being absolutely horrific and then hold that complex emotion of like, well, those are awful circumstances. Nobody deserves to be abused, um, especially, you know, as a child. Uh, but, but we still, yeah. Doesn't but- excuse behavior later on. It's, it's. It's complicated, and we have a hard time with complexity and with gray area, especially when it's uh, And with re-examining, like, preconceived notions. Um, I think that you had mentioned, like, that a lot of people, just the idea of watching this documentary felt almost like, are you becoming an apologist for child murder? (laughs) It's like... So this is why we watched it. Exactly. You don't have to watch it if you don't don't want to. But I do urge everybody, it doesn't mean you're gullible or, like, sympathetic to murder if you allow yourself to keep an open mind to, you know, maybe I was biased, maybe someone else was biased, let's look at it again. And if you reach the same conclusion, great. Yeah. At least you've been honest with yourself, so. 
<laughs> All right. So, Casey. Mm. A little oh, joy. Oh, joy. Yeah, and I should yeah. say up top that, like, I I don't like her. Like, she's not yeah. a pleasant person. Um, I think that in this documentary, it is evident that, like, she has at least... She hasn't stopped her really aggressive acting. Yeah. Um, but it is evident that she's grown up a little bit because she acts a little bit less like a teen. She seems to have insight into certain things. She owns up to lying. Yeah. Pretty. She had to. Yeah. For sure. Um, and I thought that it was telling and kind of nice that she had moved in, not in a sex way. I kept waiting for this shoe to drop and it didn't. But she has kind of, like, become part of the family of one of her attorneys, not the one that she fucked. Right. Um, they, don't, they don't mention that at all. Yeah. Which, honestly, is the, that's the most explainable, like... Yeah. It, it I'm is. not about to roast a young woman yeah, for it is, fucking it's like, an attorney when whatever. her life depends on... I don't know. I don't know. But this father figure type attorney has kind of become family to her, and she, like, lived with his family, and that's cute and nice and great. But she's not cute and nice and great, so let's get into that. All right, so there are a couple things that she did at the time that I feel this shed some light on and added some nuance to. Amita, I think, maybe less so in the ultimate scheme of things, but Mm -hmm. we both have the same biggest problem, which is the 30 days days no reporting. So do you want to, like, summarize what... Yeah, so basically, I think that the last time that Kaylee was seen alive was uh, by George and and Casey, obviously. Yeah, and yeah, that's pretty universally accepted. That like, yeah, we all agree that they were together the last time that Casey was fucking a Kaylee was seen alive. <laughs> They shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have done that. Honestly, just trying to make that was the biggest crime. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But they were together at the shared family home the last time that Kaylee was seen alive. Right, right. And then we have thirty or thirty-one days go by with uh, where is Kaylee? We don't know. Um, No report was made. Neither George nor Casey reports it. And then eventually the grandma slash mom. So George's wife, Mm -hmm. Casey's mom, Kaylee's grandma is apparently out of the loop for whatever the hell's going on. And she's the one who calls and is like, what the fuck? Nobody's seen my granddaughter for a month. Yeah. She, I think, was she living with them at the time or did she move out at that point? I think she moved out in the period that's the vibe I got from this, but right. I could be wrong. That, like, she moved out to live with that other guy in that 30-day period. Right. Okay, I think that is what happened, because then I, I have more, um, I can understand more from the grandparents. Yeah. Uh, from For Cindy and George to, like, for it to take them long. If they're talking with, with Casey and she says, no, 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 don't worry about it. I've been yeah. running around and it's, it's fine. See, on the flip side, if given that George was there, I see, like, wow, he's at least complicit, which then, given everything else, makes me think, like, what does he know if he's not concerned in that time? And either way, it's like the grandma's the only one that's like, wait, you guys gotta clue me in here on your scheme because I haven't seen her, and then she ends up calling it in. Right. So, So that's, I think that's the thing that still becomes the most difficult for people to process Um, ultimately I did want to note that for me it carries some weight that 
uh, Casey Anthony was never convicted of murder or manslaughter or anything by a jury, which makes me think that even at the time, there was not enough evidence to tie her to definitive culpability, which makes me think the real story is probably close to an accident of some sort and some sort of cover-up. But I guess we'll get there. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, you know, you yeah. Know, we don't know. We don't even know what certain, the trial was exposed to. But we each have our own, like, kind yeah. of ideas, maybe. Um, so I think that a lot of the other stuff can be more comfortably explained yeah. by trauma responses and um, maybe, like, media and law enforcement bias that with time we have gotten better at processing. So things like Casey's grief response, we have seen so many times right. in cases where someone was guilty and not guilty, media be like, they're not handling their sadness the right way. Yeah, that's the thing that just keeps showing up, Stop. and I don't give it that much credence, It's never honestly. right. There are so many ways that people process grief. You know, I have known people who start fucking people a lot. I've known people who withdraw and cry. I've known people who, like, repress it. I myself, honestly, which is kind of, like, awkward with the partying assessment with Casey, totally different scenario, but when my dad died, I did, like, drink a lot, and I was in college, and, like, sometimes I would drink and throw up, and then I would start crying. And then I, the next day, I would just, like, no feeling. Yeah. Like, I would portray no feeling. So, there are so many ways that people deal with it, especially when your brain isn't fully developed. Um, and also, these assessments by the media of, like, they didn't do this, they didn't do that. If you put them all together, oftentimes they contradict. It's like, they were too sad. Oh, they weren't sad enough. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that, that That's the thing that I always, like, don't just take with a grain of salt. I'm like, eh, it's a little weird, but... uh. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know enough. And we also don't know yet, because it turns out that the pictures of her partying were from a lot fewer nights than we actually thought. And one of the days was from her 21st birthday, which who among us? Right, know. right. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, there, there were definitely some nights when she was partying during that time, but it's, we can't tie that. Right. There are other things that we can. <laughs> yeah, so, like, no. let's not spend energy on exactly. that. Exactly, exactly. Also, she worked in a club, I think, and so yeah. this connects, actually, to my next thing, mm -hmm. which is that some assessments of her behavior were maybe more nuanced than I initially thought. So there's this, this lie about working at Universal Studios that a lot of us have heard about, um, and she gets to the point with the lie that she brings law enforcement to Universal Studios and... It is not until she gets to the end of, like, a hallway where she's like, oh, you got me in a work here. Which is, to me, more messy than conniving. She's like, oh, man, oh, I don't know how to get out of this lie. I'm in the hallway. Yeah. Um, so I was like, wow, that's bonkers. This is, like, a pathological liar because she just fully never worked there. Well, it turns out that she did work for a company that was an independent contractor with Universal Studios, and... They had a contract with them. The contract ended because then I heard people spin it like, well, yeah, she got fired from Universal Studios. No, the contract, the independent I've heard contractor. heard a couple different things with that. So people will kind of, like, adapt to their new stories, too. Mm -hmm. So the independent contract ended, and she didn't want to tell her parents that she was working in clubs, so she hadn't told them. And I can picture a scenario where ex-cop dad is there. She doesn't want to say in front of law enforcement that she now works in a club, so she's like, yeah, I still work at Universal Studios. So, 
just to say that there are a lot of sides to any story. Doesn't mean she's not a liar, because totally. she does. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I, it's, it's more so, like, when we look at each individual piece, it, mm-hmm. you can see more to it. Yeah. It's when we combine them, we're like, what is happening? Right, When yeah. she's that, and then obviously we'll get into the nanny. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that one, the documentary doesn't really address super well, except that they do talk to the guy, the witness, who's a friend of Casey's. They talked to a couple of friends of Casey's, and I found all of that, like, pretty compelling yeah. on her side, because the guy who came up with the the theory that Zenaida, this nanny who didn't nanny exist, the nanny, yeah, Xanax. probably met Xanax, um, he does end up kind of changing his mind on camera when confronted with mm-hmm. some stuff about George, the dad. Um, so, right. I don't know. There's a... There, I think, again... We're going to have to confront the fact that we don't know. Don't. We just, we don't know. And it's definitely <laughs> the facts that we thought were so clear cut and like got us a villain and we at least, we couldn't put her in, in prison, but we societally could like lock her away. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as easy. Kid's still dead. Two fucked up people are still out there and prison isn't necessarily the yeah. answer for either of them. And the second not. one, besides Casey being George. George Anthony. If, Yeah. But we'll, we'll get. Stop we'll putting him on Doctor Oz, like please, just cancel Doctor Oz. It's weird. Yeah, we need. We do. How we is that to. not? Yeah, <laughs> it's time. It's time. Yeah, it's weird. Um, uh, yeah. So there, I think the um, the last thing that we are going to talk about here, because obviously we don't want to go through all the evidence, and frankly, there probably is stuff that goes unaddressed in this because yeah. it doesn't fit. There aren't great explanations for why she lies about certain things and acts like mm. a fucking petulant teenager in jail interviews. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, are certain behaviors consistent with a victim versus not? I don't know. I I seem to think that even the lying, and it did seem like some like trauma-informed psych people who consulted on the case for the defense side, obviously, right. um, did think that this kind of lying and kind of compartmentalized just shutting down was consistent with childhood sexual abuse. And hearing that does make sense to me. But what do you think? That's so tricky because um, it's definitely possible. And it, I always want to believe somebody who says, I've been abused. Because even if you're lying about it, you're still fucked up enough to lie. Like, something's up. Exactly. Something's up either way. And as we talked about, too, you don't have to be a good person to be... Evicted. Yeah. Does that make... Yeah, like, there are plenty of victims of bad things who may not be good people themselves, but also don't deserve to... Nonetheless, they don't deserve... And deserve... um, The people who abuse them deserve to be held culpable, too, which is kind of more important. So, with... Casey's allegations about George and and her brother, I don't know, and it's it's possible, and that's a thing where if it happened, that's horrible. But then again, that is separate, I yeah. think, from this, and it could be or it could not be. I think that's from like with more a legal perspective, the way that I'm looking at the new facts versus the old facts, and which mm-hmm. version. I think these facts are kind of consistent with both versions. 
So it yes. doesn't make either one more likely, but I am more open to the idea that this other scenario is just as plausible or equally plausible. She does... What I think about, too, is that she's had... How long has it been since she's done an, any sort of interview? Oh, I, I mean, something like that. Something like that. Take. So... That's true. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking that she just has had so much time and working as a... I forget what capacity she works. Kind of paralegal-esque. Yeah. It sounded like with... Uh, Learning more about probably other people who have... Sure. Uh, ...been survivors of abuse. It's consistent with that version, too. Now, the tough thing is we don't really have evidence tipping it in either direction, but, like, the way that I am trying to conceive of, you know, am I being gullible by looking at these new facts this way, or in the Scott Peterson case, are, like, if you look at it in a vacuum, do both stories hold together? And I think they do to me in a way that is at least not definitive either way. Yeah, you just have to accept certain things of Casey's story. Yeah. And if you accept those... Then they everything hold like, yeah. holds together, but and the that big is, hurdle is accepted. Right, yeah. And that, to me, is compelling in and of itself, because there are plenty of fully guilty people, like proven guilty people, whose stories of excuse don't hold together. And that is yeah. why we treat them, you know, differently, hopefully. So that's kind of the line that I draw in my head in processing the facts. But also, you have different experience processing what is normal and what's more likely, so... We still don't know. Oh, no. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about Zaddy the Daddy. Zaddy, Daddy, George. George. Anthony. Um, okay, so as I said, and I, I won't keep harping on it too much because Amita made a good point that, like, we don't want to blame parents for the sins of the child, but I do think in any any calculus, like everybody's version, the best case is that George Anthony raised somebody who is fucked up in the head, even if she's lying about sexual assault, even if she killed her child, he then raised a child killer, liar about whatever. you got to wonder what the home life was like. Yeah. We'd have to lump Cindy in there, too. Yeah. Because yeah. she's... But mm. it, it, to me, is not inconsistent with an abusive household right. and the father in an abusive household. And you add to that that he is an ex-cop, and I think we have gotten a little more... Um, scrutinizing of what that might mean in a criminal justice setting and investigation. Yeah. And they certainly, law enforcement here, straight up said that, well, they certainly, like, took his word about everything, even though he was there at the scene. All logic should suggest that they should, you know, take it with a grain of salt. They said they didn't because... He's a good guy. He had good vibes. Yeah. I didn't say that, but that was a Basically, sentiment. Basically, like, well, we didn't really question his yeah. version because he's a good guy. That and was real. That was weird to me, that. And then um, also when George, I think he said something. Was he the one who had this, smelled the car, the death? That was the mom, I think. I wonder. Was I don't know. I, I don't know if it was her. She said it in the call, she but said he might have had a reason about He yeah. did lie about it, I think. He was er, like, oh, pizzas. Or er, she ended up saying the pizza. Some, anyways, it, see, it gets very he, Yeah, he definitely, and this is why it's tough but when. law enforcement. Yeah. yeah, when we're looking so far in the past, this is why there's a statute of limitations on so many things. Because at this point, we don't know to go back. We, we don't know what was missed. Um, exactly. We know that he did have access to the family computer and the same car and the backyard area where the body was found or, like, behind the house. 
But now it's all just speculation as to whether there was any evidence connecting him more because mm, it's been like fucking 15 years. So we don't know. But we know that he definitely is an adult man who raised Casey and is an ex-cop. And so to me, it's like, all right, maybe I do need to at least look at him with a little bit more I completely agree with that. I think that, yeah, regardless of anything, (laughs) let's ask George some more questions. Yeah, maybe. let's not just be like, stop paying him on Dr. Oz. Stop putting him on TV and paying him for it. Yeah. It's weird. I, I Then again, yeah, no. He's not a happy person. It's not like he's having a sick life. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then there were a couple things that were, like, actively evidence that we do have, which, when put in the context of did this guy molest his daughter and potentially granddaughter, or one or the other, I don't fucking know, when you add these bits of evidence, I started being like, maybe there is a more than a speculative case here. So, first you have the comments at the funeral, at Kaylee's funeral. Right. Talk about your feelings. I think it's really disgusting. Okay. So, um, I had not heard this. I don't... If I heard it at the time, I don't know. But they play a bit from Kaylee's funeral, which, on top of that, there's the fact that apparently Casey didn't want a big televised thing, and they basically... The grandparents ended ended up doing this, like, televangelist style. Absolutely. That's totally the vibe. Like, big televised, um, weird religious with the big screens behind them funeral. Um, And in that presentation, George says, I will miss the smell of her sweat. You will never know, like, the sweet touch of a child and how good it made me feel to be hugged by her. And, like, I'm not amplified. Like, it really... He did say that. It's the kind of thing, if my mom said it about a child of mine, you are right, because, well, you can shoot, yeah. Yeah, I I think it all depends on what lens we are looking at that statement through. If we, I think when they presented that in the documentary, they had already primed us with... As the child did. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, like, George is... uh, Maybe a kid diddler. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So when you're looking through the kid diddler lens, that comment is like, I'm upset. But, and also the fact that it was just kind of standalone put in there. And so, yes, that would, I had the same reaction when I listened to it. I was like, oh, but I had been primed for that. Yeah. So then the other lens is, Okay, are we seeing it from... What if we, we were just seeing it from a grieving grandparent? I know I've um, I heard some grandparents say, honestly, it's not like... I would miss that. Like, just a mm. little, you know, little kid, little kid smell, like, you know, giving you a hug and, and all that. It Yeah, it's like... I don't know. I think that even if you take the sexual assault allegations out of the equation, it's still... Maybe not a bridge too far without that, in the sense that we'd be like kid diddler fully. But I do think it is a little beyond what I would expect and have heard from other parents, grandparents about what they grieve if they lose a child, what they love about the child when they're there. It is awfully physical, intimate, um, like visceral, sensory kind of. Yeah, it's. I can I can totally see that. And then, I guess, again, it's just with the, like, 
you put the way it's people like, grieve too, right. the way that they yeah. say things, that giant funeral, and maybe which, not having the right filter. Like I think, like sometimes I kiss my cats on the nose, so I would probably know the smell of their little cat mouths, and it would make me sad if I never smelled that again. If they died, but would I say that in a televised memorial? Yeah, I think a little bit of a weird choice if it was said in maybe a different context. I don't know. Maybe yeah. So it does all those things together do make me wonder. Like this is not necessarily what the average grandfather would say of a granddaughter because the gender thing comes into it too. It's like mm, yeah. If and a grandma said it, I would feel a lot differently than if a grandpa said it about yeah. And female it's child, yeah. Just if he was abusive. Yeah, right. Then that's yeah, weird. Yeah, we put... <laughs> that's, like, a and really again, alarming comment. We'll never know. We so, like, know. in that version of things, it is all the more upsetting, and it does tend to, like, support itself in kind of a circle jerky way. Yes. Um, <laughs> if not, then, um, I guess, boy, bad luck that he yeah. said shit like that. Yeah. Gross. Um, I would like to say to all my loved ones, if... And when you die, if you predecease me, I'll miss so much about you that's not your bodily, bodily uh, odor. Order. Even people I'm having sex with. And if with. I do, I might not say it at <laughs> yeah, the right. funeral. Just, I, mean, I love this kid, person holistically, like, but that's what smell. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a kid, though. I don't I did, yeah, know what that's, that's like. That's true. But, I just have a dog. I'm going to ask my mom when she comes home today. Yeah, be like, would How you much ever do you describe... Love this um, missing Top 10 things you'd miss. <laughs> Top is sweat in there. Right? Do tell. Um, so that was one thing that was, like, very telling for me. There were two other things that, like, tipped a scale a little bit. Um, one was the comments to the woman that he was having an affair with, which I also didn't know about. Right. That's, that is weird that that doesn't get yeah. brought up more. Kind of feels like it was lost over. Right. Like so this, it doesn't fit into the, the cute it makes little, a question. Right, exactly, exactly. And I do think that law enforcement, we all know, like, it's pretty open now more than in 2008 that law enforcement definitely makes choices like that, mm-hmm. that, like, they don't look into things. I was just watching a dateline where, like, the prosecution and law enforcement covered up video of some other guy at the scene, because they're like, but we know it's this one, so, like, we don't even want to confuse anyone by talking about it. Yeah. And then you kind of wonder how much is feeding it. It's true. So we know that about law enforcement, but I think what I'm coming to learn more is the media selectivity, that you don't have to, like, be lying or be obviously subjective by just, like, not talking about certain things, Mm -hmm. Um, which we know in other contexts, like, politics and... Whatever, but exactly. this is telling that, like, oh, I never heard about that. Yeah, huh. I, I really didn't. It's not talked about that much. And, I mean, to that I will say the fact have of the affairs. Yeah. People, that's, you know. Uh, yeah. That I would put in the grieving category that's, like, uh, yeah, it's weird family business. Again? The comments, yeah, are the weirder thing, which uh, she testified for Casey's defense that... And she seemed very uncomfortable. She seemed very credible she in the did little not be bit. She's like, I hate doing this. That. Um, and was not that critical of George, but was like, he did say that this is just, this was just an accident and it all got out of hand or it all spiraled out of control. Yeah. And then we don't know who he's talking about. Right. It could be that, or it could be nobody. It could be that, like, she fell in the pool and. Yeah. <sighs> or, like, Casey. The, if, you know, we were to go with that mm-hmm. one guy's Xanax the, yeah. theory, which... 
And then she comes to her dad and she's like, I fucked up. And that, yeah. Yeah. It could be. Because he mentioned, uh, and then goes back on it, I think, at times. <laughs> yeah, he's not a super credible guy yeah. in general, which raises questions. Yeah. Uh, that is weird. But when I also thought about that, you know, to be honest, and I, I mentioned this to you too, when I was watching the documentary, I did feel like I was kind of being yanked by by Casey, like in, in different ways. Like I was like, oh, maybe, you know, so like applying that to that case in general, um, if you're dealing with someone who is really manipulative, mm -hmm. I could see um, inconsistencies in the people who are surrounding the person who is manipulative or even like she if she did it she could have learned a lot of things from him like oh yeah no kidding her dad is also it's inconsistent true. because she like they could because both it's, be, the yeah. it's in the family it's like, how they do shit it's fucked up <laughs> um yeah so i think that's compelling a lot of it leads me to believe that regardless of who did it regardless of whether the sexual assault stuff was true it was not an intentional murder it wasn't mm -hmm. a like i'm gonna fucking yeah. Make you dead. Like, um, premeditated. Yeah, or, like, with the intent of killing versus... Right. even with the Xanax thing, it's like, what if she wanted her to go to sleep and be quiet for a while? Right. That I, I think that there's not a lot of evidence that this was an intentional homicide. Yeah. So And that holds true with the jury, too, so... Um, oh, oh, the one of the most powerful things for me is that apparently during the trial... Casey's brother, so George's son, went to the prosecution at some point. It seemed like a kind of tortured decision because it was, like, close to the end of the trial mm -hmm. um, and obviously against his dad. And he's like, oh, man, I got to tell you guys about how my dad buried pets. And it turned out the dad's M.O. for burying pets was the same as the conditions that Kaylee's body were found in. It was like he would take a blanket like, the pet's blanket, wrap them in that, and then duct tape around the head in a plastic bag, which is kind of... Yeah. I, you know, as we've been going through this, finding, like, it's so it's so much back and mm -hmm. forth, too. It's like, I could see that, but then this. And in regards to that, I do see that as something, too, Casey could have yeah. witnessed and then been like, this is do what that. we do with bodies. Yeah. I'm going to just do that because yeah. that's what... Or Casey killed her as an accident and then the dad was like, fuck, I got to get rid of the body because you're going to be blamed. Or they all decide not to call the cops and that... The, yeah. Like, there are a lot of versions. I guess the last thing before we move on from Georgie mm -hmm. to our last thing will be our pet theories of what right. we think happened. Um, but... Uh, the last thing that I thought was interesting, and this also seemed to be what was compelling for two of the witnesses who kind of changed their mind on air, mm -hmm. um, was that George Anthony was the key witness in both the grand jury indictment and then eventually trial prosecution was aimed to get his daughter the death penalty. Mm -hmm. And so that, especially when paired with a lot of like media interviews where he's like, I don't blame her, it would be one thing to me if he's like, consistently every platform I think my daughter did it this is fucked up I I love her but I'm feeling conflicted and I want to defend my granddaughter she should die but in some platforms he'd be like I don't think she did it obviously to his girlfriend side piece whatever mm -hmm. he's saying this is just an accident it got out of hand but then behind closed doors to the grand jury he's saying she does deserve the death penalty Right. I, that was something too at first 
didn't make much sense to me, but um, I watched, uh, you know, some people's opinions about mm-hmm. about that in particular. The one that I watched was a Scott Sharp, true crime loser. He's great. Um, he mentioned too that uh, they didn't have much, like more than circumstantial evidence, like mm-hmm. uh, until they found the body. You know, they didn't, right. they didn't have a ton to go off of for this case, so it was kind of an overshoot um is what i've heard oh you mean in terms of the death penalty, the death penalty. yeah but i don't know that, I don't a, know. that a dad witness would count on like well this is a strategic legal choice because even i myself being a lawyer i wouldn't be like well they're probably overshooting so i should still electively testify against right. my child it's true knowing that this is on the table and i don't think a lot of parents would unless they really definitively knew that their yeah. child was evil, I and could, he doesn't seem to speak as yeah. if that's the case. I could see it if he was like, you know what, like, I'm done with Casey. Like, I, I had a serial think, killer as a child. I Yeah, I think she did this. The world. I like, defend my granddaughter, mm-hmm. and this is the charge, these are the charges that, um, yeah. that they're going with. I could see that. It is, it becomes confusing when you see... George, um, kind of tiptoe around yeah. saying that and different she really publicly, did it. Publicly on the media and privately to his girlfriend is saying that he doesn't think she did mm-hmm. it, but the only context in which he's comfortable pushing for guilt and death penalty is where it's actually an option. Yeah. And that also makes me wonder why, like, not just like, that's fucked up. You seem like a weird, bad dad, but also like, are you trying to cover something? It's it's possible. I I still more so see it as um very conflicted mm-hmm. person who is <laughs> to say the least also sick in the head. Yeah, who is also love the Anthony. Just like this like, seriously. They just rock. The, the whole family um you know, no family's perfect. This family certainly is not. But, but yeah, I, I guess I could just see the waffling and like the, uh, the conflict if, if we're like taking just a different perspective, seeing like, okay, I could see how he could say something here and then just internal, like not just positive either way. Yeah. 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 So I, I could see that it is still, um, it just, what we see doesn't make Right. Sense. Which is probably why nobody has been held responsible. Well, maybe should we just move right into our pet theory? What do you think happened? I still think... Given that we don't know, we're going to flip that all and pretend we do. And Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, so we really don't. But I think that... Um, I think that Casey had a big hand in, if not the only hand in, uh, Kaylee's death. Um, I, the dad is confusing to me. I don't know if he did have a direct role in it other than being, uh, fair, like a flawed, uh, to say the least person who maybe did abuse his, you know, Casey maybe didn't. I don't, again, we don't know about that, but I, I still now, uh, Casey did it. Do you think he knew about, like, do you think he was involved in any of the body stuff? Mm. Again, this is like fully pet theory. Not, yeah. Yeah. I guess if I'm just going from my feelings of sitting with the information, 
I, I don't hmm. think that he was directly involved, but I question a lot of things. I don't know um, what capacity just, like, a lot he of knew. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, of that for me. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. George does seem odd. There's something that's off to me, and I definitely think that law enforcement should have done more with questioning so him. So we'll never, yeah. Yeah, which is the unfortunate thing, because maybe then I would have more yeah, information. Yeah, maybe if they'd done their opinion. work at the time. But yeah, with Casey, in terms of her track record, um, you know, just her patterns of manipulation... Um, uh, real quick to address the assessment of her mental state as if she had any, um, you know, disorders, Yeah, which was interesting. They said that she had none, like, so no sociopathy or psychopath behavior is like the different terms they used, which I don't think either one is clinical, but they also didn't catch anything else, which to me is like, you, you guys... Miss something because obviously in any version she's not okay. Yeah, and and that's like I think when it comes to that, it's remembering psychiatrists um, aren't lie detectors. Yeah. Um, also, some of the tools. Mm-hmm. Also, let's just preface: I don't, I'm not licensed in capacity, but um, from what I've learned, uh, some of the assessment tools that they used don't always like serve. Uh, can't always accurately measure mm-hmm. for uh, that what that circumstance I think called for. I see. And so, and you think like, who knows what the Florida criminal justice systems? Yeah. Expert witnesses in two thousand eight, what they were working with. Yeah, the, and the DSM is a very flawed uh, tool, and it's more so used to provide courses of treatment mm. than it is to do like anything with post hoc diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. that doesn't really like, that doesn't matter to me that they said that she doesn't have anything. Cause it doesn't make sense. I it's, don't think it fits either. It doesn't side, fit really. at all. Like, yeah. So I don't, yeah. I don't know what that. So in terms of that, basically bottom line, I think Casey, uh, did it. And it's just like flabbergasting to think about, uh, the lengths that this person would go to, to, um, cover, yeah, up. it's possible. But my theory, detail. my theory is that, and again, this is not to say that I have court of law type evidence, but in my back of my head, I think what probably happened is she died accidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, very likely, it seems like drowning was something that was discussed by. I think that was the grandma's theory. They a lot of people floated. No pun intended. <laughs> God damn it. A lot of people propose that as um, a possible thing. And so I could see that happening due to both parties, like George and Casey's negligence, um, or one of the other more so, who knows. And then the dad disposed of the body. And then that could explain better why Casey was more comfortable, like, going off for a month and not reporting it, because, like, what are you going to, if dad has said we don't call the cops and he'll take care of it, then she's not coming back. I just have to distract myself and be drunk all the time. Right. So that's my theory. One thing that I will say at the risk of sounding, um, I really don't like when people are like, she's a woman, so I automatically, that's not right to automatically believe someone or discount, on the other hand, someone else's account because they're male. 
what I am getting increasingly uncomfortable with as I watch people comment on the story is the comfort and glibness with which I see a lot of like male, straight white male commentators dismissing the idea that maybe it's the straight white male ex-cop and also dismissing the idea that Casey Anthony might have been a sexual assault victim. That to me fits with a lot of ugly things that we've that's been very doing true. for a while. And that's very true. Is it, it just that's I think that they just missed him so yeah. easily. Um, and we know academically and even like openly now as a society that this is something that we're not so great at and haven't been so great at in the past is like knowing how mm-hmm. to recognize certain victim behavior and maybe we trust the criminal justice system and people involved with it too much. But then sometimes when specific cases come up, we don't necessarily apply the same logic to the individual thing because it's less comfortable. Yeah. And they, they may have been right. You yeah. know, who knows? He might have not but done it, but now there's the question. So, like, you, did you so do your due worse. diligence? Right. Though? Exactly. Imagine if you were him and you weren't guilty. And now there's always going to be a question. Like, it yeah. almost sucks for everybody. It does, truly. That's a really good point is because... It, yeah, if he if he Nobody is wins. not guilty in any way, it's just yeah the the question yeah. mark still hangs over his head because of uh, failure to investigate yeah. him thoroughly and just without a doubt, you know yeah and now and and Casey is good at uh, finding these these spots too to to open up and be like we didn't yeah and you know. my takeaway is hurt people hurt people so oftentimes there's not such a black and white line between people who are negligent and victims of a tragedy and people who Mm -hmm. do horrible things because they were raised in a tough environment. I think at a certain point from childhood to adulthood, we start going from sympathy for the abused child to hatred for the bad adults. And the right answer is probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Anyways, don't kill your kids (laughs) or your grandkids. Don't do it. See you later.